right, welcome to episode number 57 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We're recording on March the 1st, 2020. My name is Eric. I'm the host of the show based in Southern Ontario. I'm a hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, VE3 EPN, and computer geek. Uh, I got preparedness when I was working frontline emergency services and witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during events such as ice storms, power outages, etc. I started a small preparedness company to help people get prepared and to be able to better look after themselves for at least 72 hours, if not longer. Hi there, my name is Ian. I live on Vancouver Island. I'm an outdoor enthusiast, sport shooter, reloader, and my farm is designated handyman. I'm Alan. My friends and family call me a safety nerd. As a first responder, I see the benefit of preparation over reaction to emergencies. I teach first aid, coach my family and friends to be better prepared. I'm a locksmith by trade and have worked in the physical security industry for more than 20 years now. And hello from Canada's East Coast. I'm Hughes from Nova Scotia. I'm a Canadian Armed Forces veteran, volunteer firefighter and station chief, and volunteer search and rescue technician and prepper. I've been preaching and living the prepper lifestyle to varying degrees for the last six years or so, and this was born out of necessity to ensure the short-term survival of my family, which includes three young children. Hello, my name is Tyler. I'm broadcasting from my five-acre homestead here in northwestern Wisconsin, USA. Since purchasing my first house, I have been working to transform my property into a self-sufficient homestead with an emphasis on preparedness. As always, my name is Andrew. I won't be your host this evening, but I am a recovering libertarian. The original host at the original Canadian Patriot podcast and a firearms instructor at Ragnarok Tactical. Hey, if you want to help uh, support the show and keep the uh, Canadian Prepper Podcast on the air, you can buy a Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt at prepperpodcast.ca. Uh, all the proceeds uh, help keep the lights on and, and keep the backup generator fueled. All right. If you're enjoying the show, please take a few minutes and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Canadian Prepper Podcast and submit a review on iTunes. Also, we want your feedback, good or bad, even if there's a pot, to- bleh, even if there's a topic you want us to cover, you can email us at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Hey, we've got some uh, thrifty content for you in this episode. Uh, we're going to start off with some preparedness-related news articles. Uh, next, we're going to be letting you know how we've improved our preparedness since the last episode. Then we're going to get into the main topic of this episode, uh, $500 spent on getting started. And uh, this episode is uh, started actually by a question that was sent in by a listener. Uh, so it started out with uh, the following email. Uh, I recently finished uh, your episode with Dr. Joe Alton. Uh, the clarification on the N95 masks was great. Uh, I'm new to prepping and uh, find your podcast a great resource with tax season coming up and people potentially receiving a portion of their already earned income back through refunds, in quotes. Uh, I would, uh, would the show consider uh, an episode with the following premise? Uh, someone who is new to prepping has 250 to $500 to spend on prepping uh, to get started. Uh, where, how should they spend their money? Uh, obviously, there would be a need to assume a few things such as rural or urban settings, single home, apartment, etc. Uh, keep up the good work and it's signed off uh, with the initials JN. So with that, we'll move into the news and uh, start with Alan. Um, so this whole global pandemic thing has been beaten to death and there are a dozen articles below what I put here. But uh, let's not forget that the EU is also being overrun by Syrian refugees and they don't have anywhere to put them. So uh, there's an article there. It's it's uh, if you don't have anywhere to go, you are a refugee. Um, have a plan and save yourself some uh, some heartache. They're being gassed and stun grenaded at the borders um, to, to back off and they're kind of stuck in a stuck in limbo. Um, another article... And for rather sadly, a snowmobiler uh, fell through the ice um, in the north part of southern Ontario. He was uh, he was local to local to me. He's in Middlesex County, um, and he was up there 
not long ago fell through some ice late at night and uh, was recovered the next morning. So uh, if you're going to be out, if you're going to go out and have some fun, make sure you do it safely. Yep, absolutely. Well, I trust to go with a buddy at the very least and, you know, check the depth of the ice and all that stuff first. But yep. um, actually that Syrian refugee thing, Alan, um, is it, wasn't Turkey the one threatening to uh, just open up their borders and send them all into Europe? Yep, that was exactly the problem. So now they're at the Turkish-Grecian border, and uh, that's and they're being uh, they're being turned they're being turned back from Greece. So they've they've made it as far as Turkey, and then getting through to Greece, and now they're they're stuck at they're stuck at the the border with Greece and can't go anywhere. I think there's like four million of them, isn't there? Yep, there's a whole lot of them. Wow, that's a lot of it's uh, a lot of people to try. For and a lot of people to yeah, yeah, man. Yep. The logistics would be insane. Uh, yes. And that's all I had for news, Ian. All right. So, uh, you know, better late than never, I guess, but the government tells us to start prepping for a pandemic. Of course, we've been talking about that for over a year now, but hey, uh, now it became news. So, uh, you know, it's official when the, the government starts making uh, comments about it. So I put an uh, art- article link in there as well. Since the government um, said it, it must be a good idea, right? That's right. It's got to be a great <laughs> idea if the government says it. It and, must be a thing uh, now. That's right. <laughs> At least it's not conspiracy theory now. So, um, yeah, like I think somebody put up that meme today that, like, all of a sudden preppers aren't being made fun of anymore. It's kind of yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so then, of course, one doctor comes on CNN today, and he went, you know, histrionic, basically, on CNN and said, uh, the virus can't be contained. We're all going to die. So I just thought it was good late to throw on there because just just, that's how crazy the, the media can get now. The media, I think the media is <laughs> overplaying it a bit. The government's underplaying it a bit, but, you know. Um, no, you tell then, your side. I'll tell my side. Somewhere in the middle is the truth. That's yeah. right. And then, so another, of course, in other shocking developments after that CNN uh, article, people are now swarming Costco's. So uh, there's a, a news article here which showed people in I think uh, New Jersey and Costco. They were lined up five minutes before. They're they were shuffling for positions, and I guess uh, within ten minutes, all the toilet paper was gone and everything else. And they had all sorts of pictures of empty shelves at Costco. So pretty predictable. Yep. But I was in uh, I was in Lowe's the other day, and they had bare shelves where the N95 masks were but full stock of P95 and N100 masks. But N95 masks completely decimated. Uh, found that interesting. I've offered uh, like N99 masks and P100 masks to people that have uh, not been able to get the N95 and they insist that I send them the N95 masks. <laughs> they don't want anything want, better. They just want this thing. I don't want better, yeah. yeah. I want what the media says to get. I tried to explain that they're better, but they just won't take it. What's funny is a few weeks ago, I was uh, mentioning that my local uh, supermarket still had a full stock of hand sanitizers and all that kind of stuff, and I was in there today, and it's all gone. So it's uh, starting to catch up out out this way as well. All right. So was that all the news articles you had, Ian? Uh, I think that's all I had, yeah. Uh, so for myself, I uh, I have one which I, I just couldn't not put into the list. It's uh, how to be a smart coronavirus prepper. It, uh, I saw that. I was like, yep, that's going on the list for sure. And it's actually fairly well written. It's uh, it's not a oh my god, we're all going to die type of article. It's it's got some good uh, some good tips and some good tricks and and some good information. Um, so it's worth uh, worth a check. Uh, another one from uh, CBC, uh, a Saskatoon senior. Uh, she amassed. $20,000 in doomsday prep food uh, before, unfortunately, passing away. Uh, so I thought that was a, a pretty interesting news article. And there was really no shortage of 
preparedness type of news articles for this episode because that's kind of what the mainstream media is picking up and running with right now. Mm-hmm. But like, where is all that food now? And who uh, so has control of it? They are apparently selling it off at below cost. So if uh, if you want to figure out where they're selling it, they're, most of it's Facebook Marketplace, according to the news article. So twenty thousand is going to be a lot of food. It looks like <laughs> yeah, it, saying, it right? you would buy it in pallets. So wow. right. <clears throat> this is what I'm saying. Like that's a that's a lot of food, and I mean yeah. Saskatoon is not that far. Nope. If you look on Costco's website, they sell about a pallet. Um, yeah. Some of these packages are like, I think, like six or seven thousand bucks. But yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. they have it on there as well. And one final one I have here is in regards to uh, Amazon starting to battle the uh, the misleading products in regards to coronavirus. So they're finally starting to, to crack down on retailers that are trying to sell like those N95 masks for like fifteen hundred dollars for a package, and uh, all kinds of other wonderful things that are misleading people. So. It's good to see they're finally. Uh, yeah, it's been a couple of weeks, but they're they're finally starting to pull those ads down. So, holy cow! I'm just reading that article you put up. They're selling like fifty dollar pallet, fifty dollar buckets for fifteen bucks. Yeah, that's insane. That's a deal. That's a good <laughs> deal. I want to find. I'm going to go find these folks and stock up. So we're doing a, a anyway. podcast uh, trip out to Saskatoon. <laughs> road, yeah, trip. Road, road trip. Road trip. Drive. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so for me, um, so Washington State reports their first coronavirus death. Um, so this is the first uh, confirmed death in the United States from the coronavirus. And I guess they're saying that uh, scientists believe that the coronavirus has been in the Seattle area for a few weeks now uh, and that the rate of uh, infected could actually be in the hundreds or low thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, they just have yet to manifest themselves. So that was just interesting because, um, I mean, this is obviously a milestone, right? It's the first death um, in the United States. And at the same time, I think Canada reported another four or six cases in Ontario. I'm not sure what the exact number is, but we can see that um, we're seeing some pretty big increases. And I'll bet still low, we're seeing some pretty big increases here in the number of both uh, cases and reported deaths around the world. So continuing to pulse really closely. But that's the same uh, the same occurrence that that put those 25 firefighters into quarantine. Right, it's the same area, right? I bet so. you, yeah, I bet you it's. I bet you it was the same occurrence. Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, actually, like uh, the province of BC has done more coronavirus testing than the entire United States, so mm-hmm. they're not really testing a whole lot down there. They've done a total of four hundred and sixty tests, I think, total nationwide. Mm. And uh, yeah, BC was going crazy because those those first few cases we have. So, yeah, I guess no testing, no uh, no positives, right? It's all good. Mm-hmm. No news is good news. Yeah. <laughs> if I don't see it, it's not illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Anybody else on the panel have any news articles? Nope. Silence. All right. Let's move into what we've done lately for our preps. Well, we should probably mention that it was bought to us by Super SE Straps, and somebody was after a link to Super SE Straps, so I threw that right at the very top. Perfect. That's cool stuff. I'm uh, I'm beyond thrilled with the products. They're great. Super SE Straps, awesome products, good people. Uh, so what we've done for prep, so I've been stepping up my food prep game um, a lot. Um, this is something, I've got a lot of long-term food. Um, what I don't have is a lot of short-term food. So these are foods that we typically uh, eat on a regular basis. So we're talking about uh, canned goods like uh, fruits and vegetables, dry pastas, rice, um, pasta sauce, canned meat. These are things that have typically I look for anywhere from 18 months to two years shelf life and that I can easily and quickly rotate into my main pantry. 
So if this doesn't, uh, if the coronavirus pandemic doesn't pan out, uh, so to speak, it's still something I can rotate into the main pantry and not lose a bunch of money. Uh, and I also today ordered a, a big Berkey system from Rapid Survival to complete my water prep game. Um, now this would be a last resort for me because I do have a drilled well, so I can uh, pull a significant am amount of clean water through that. Uh, but I just want to make sure I cover all my bases. So that's what I've done. I appreciate the business. Uh, for myself, uh, speaking of business, I have been extremely overwhelmed with orders. I'm about 40 behind now, and it's mainly for either uh, dried food, like Wise Food, or the N95 masks, and surprisingly water bobs as well, for some weird reason, have <laughs> taken off recently. So, uh, yeah, I've been dealing with that. And, yeah, a little bit of a joke pre, uh, pre-show, so I'll chuckle on away now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, besides that, uh, my uh, distilling gear all arrived. So my uh, 21 liters of water is now sitting in a bucket. And in about 7 to 12 days, I will be distilling said water. Um, why it needs to sit in a bucket for 7 to 12 days before distilling it, I'm not quite sure. But I'm sure it will be tasty when it's done. It's important to flavor that water correctly, too. So. Uh, yes, absolutely. You have to perfuse the flavor. Yes, there will, there will be some flavoring to said distilled water, I'm sure. <laughs> All right, as for myself, I uh, rotated some food stores. Uh, obviously, with the uh, the latest craze, uh, go through the media, we kind of got a, a head start on it, so we decided to rotate what we had out and make sure we got the newest and best stuff. Uh, more of what we use, just like Hughes. Uh, so worst case scenario, we just use it anyway, because it's stuff we normally eat. And... Um, see here so we picked some more nettle because it's the season for it right now uh which has some health benefits so you can make it into a tea a soup everything else um so got a couple bags of that this morning uh did some more reloading today um i assembled a coronavirus travel kit for the wife uh her and my daughter are taking off for a trip to asia so i figure it was a good good uh, good timing on that one anyway it just seems like a bad idea <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah let's talk about that for a moment <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, there, there's a discussion going on in the house about uh, whether or not that's going to happen. It's still a couple weeks away, and I have a feeling that the flights will be canceled long before that becomes uh, an, an option. So mm -hmm. anyway, so uh, I was just assembling a kit for them to take with them if they do go. Uh, knocked down some trees for the uh, the fall burning season ahead of time here just to uh, split them up and stuff, get them the whole summer to dry off. I had lunch with the traveling prepper while I was at work there for a while. We got to discuss the current DEF CON status and... Uh, thoughts and uh you know about opinions of what's going on and that's pretty much it for me other than that i've pretty much been at work the whole time so uh i too have been doing a fair bit of work lately got a little bit of work done on my vehicle um ramping down my existing suv and i'm researching trucks um so that's gonna be uh it's gonna be a fun project we're gonna build a, a uh, uh build a pickup truck that is a um everyday Everyday vehicle slash potential bug out vehicle, so it's going to be it's going to be coming up in the spring. We'll uh, see what we can do to to get that thing kitted out. Um, like everybody else, added some food, water, cleaners, paper products to the inventory. Um, sound like a broken record on the show. Added the stuff that we that we use on a regular basis, so that uh, we can just rotate it through the stock, but just increase the the level of the level that we keep. Um, I'm. I, uh, I'm, I'm doing everything as you know as practically and useful as possible because I am assuming that the Earth will continue to rotate and the sun will again rise tomorrow and I will have to get up and go to work uh, until uh, until I hear otherwise. That's uh, that's how we're going to keep going. All right, uh, like Alan, I've also done some vehicle maintenance on my car. Uh, I set up a truck toolbox for winter conditions uh, and off-roading or camping. 
I ordered my vegetable seeds and herb seeds for the garden. Um, like everybody else in the panel, I also restocked the food pantry and a few other supplies, uh, cleaning supplies, that sort of thing. And I uh, called my doctor and increased my daily prescription from 30 to 90 days. So, That's a fantastic yeah. point. Like that is Smart a move where you could, <clears throat> yeah. end up in, could end up in a world of hurt. So that's a, that's an excellent plan. Yeah, I've read a few articles and they're saying that's going to be probably one of the biggest or I guess the hardest hit areas is shortages in prescription meds and I guess just the pharmaceutical area in general. So. Yes, so because whenever China doesn't make for prescription meds, India makes up the bulk of the rest, but they get uh, 80% of their active pharmaceutical ingredients from China. Exactly. So, so if the factories are shut down, nobody's making anything. Yep. Yeah, and so I, if that's something you've been putting off for a while now is, uh, well, you've got a good reason now to tell the doctor, so... I'd suggest getting it done now. And that includes penicillins. Most penicillins are made in China. Mm-hmm. That was it for me. Uh, so I put on my amateur gunsmith hat the last couple of weeks. Uh, two new rifles in the shop. A uh, new service rifle for this year. I'm going to shoot classic division, so I built a new parts gun. IBI barrel, of course. Go see my friend Ryan Stacey at International Barrels. Uh, and a new precision rifle uh, built on an ultimatum deadline action. Also Canadian. And also running an international barrels barrel. I'm going to shoot all the classic divisions at uh, National Service Condition Championship this year, and uh, I need a big trophy. So new guns, awesome. <laughs> nice. And then yeah, brass prep winter. Yeah, good thing to do in the winter. Right, that uh, let's move into the main topic. So for myself, for the uh, the spending of the 500 bucks uh, to get started, the very first thing I'm going to do is I'm programming a 100, 100% off coupon on Rapid Survival. Therefore, <laughs> I can use the 500 bucks for booze. He's cheating. <laughs> and I'm done. <laughs> yeah, so, so seriously. It's not, it's not cheating, it's winning. <laughs> it's, it's, it's using the resources available to me, right? That was allowed in the in the war gaming, right? Yeah. Uh, so assuming I'm, uh, I'm new to the prepping uh my uh, my location. I'm semi rural. I when I moved here, I was rural, but uh, they're starting to build around us. So uh, I'm still gonna do the sheltering in place thing. Uh, but the first thing I'm gonna want to cover off is a food supply. Um, so slowly with each each regular shopping trip, and I know we say this pretty much in every episode we talk about food. Uh, I'm gonna add a few cans uh, just to add to my stockpile. So they're not gonna be designated for meals this week or the next week. They're just gonna be in the stockpile, uh, and then they can be rotated through as we go. Uh, Costco for cases of water. You, you can't beat the price. It's it's funny how it fluctuates. One day you'll go in, it'll be two bucks for a case of forty eight. The next day you go in, it's four bucks for a case of forty eight. I haven't ever seen any higher than four bucks. Can't beat the price. Uh, first aid kit. When I was first getting into preparedness, that was kind of my priority. Um, so I bought a reasonably priced kit. You know, it was around twenty thirty bucks. Nothing fancy, but at least then I had something to build around. And as more funds became available. Uh, I could add more to that kit and expand it, but I had a, a basic system just for the, the everyday kind of minor scrapes, burns, nicks, cuts, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the key to this scenario is you're planning before the need for the preps. Uh, so there's no rush to you know run and, and grab and buy absolutely everything you can certainly find. Um, I run into that quite often. Uh, people will call me at Rapid Survival asking to buy everything under the sun because they've been on some prepper form. And they've suggested that they need this huge list of a thousand things or else they're going to die tomorrow. Well, it's, it's not the way it's going to go. Uh, so just be realistic with your planning. 
don't go out and feel that you have to spend that 500 bucks at a single retailer or a single location or, or on a single item. Spread it out. It doesn't have, you don't have to fulfill every single checkbox on your list right away. Um, so you want to focus on things that are likely going to affect you in your area. Uh, and of course, you're going to be kind of focused on one, one or two certain things. Um, if it's a long-term power outage that you're worried about, Look at grabbing candles at the dollar store, flashlights. Uh, you can grab them at the dollar store. You can get them at uh, like Home Hardware or Home Depot or, or somewhere. Uh, if you're looking for a little bit of a higher quality flashlight, uh, a camping stove um, so you can cook. Please cook outside of the power's out or even if the power's on, cook outside. Uh, a portable radio with the weather uh, repeater frequencies is good as well. You know, they can range from about 20 bucks to 100 bucks depending on what you're looking for. A uh, quick little tip, if you want uh, two birds, one stone, the Motorola um, family band radios normally come with the uh, weather repeater channels programmed in. It's just a certain key combination you have to push on them, and then they'll flip into that mode, and then you can get the repeaters, but you can use them for communication as well. Uh, and then stockpile, like I mentioned uh, earlier, stockpile some food um, that you can actually easily cook on that camping stove because not everything will cook nicely on a camping stove. So keep in mind uh, what you're planning on using and then uh, stock up accordingly. Um, if you're, for whatever weird reason, um, prepping for an outbreak of some sort, coronavirus perhaps, uh, you're a little bit too late to the game. Uh, but if we weren't currently in this, um, you know, this climate of grab everything right now um, and with all the markets being jacked up for prices, if we weren't in that, um, you can look at some some areas to purchase. One tactic that I'd used in the past, uh, prior to starting up Rapid Survival, is, is just um, looking uh, looking to approach some wholesalers for medical devices. Some may sell to you as a as a citizen, uh, not a company. Some might just close the door and tell you to go away. Uh, but what's the harm in in asking? Right, call them up and see if they'll sell you a few products here and there, and it'll be at a cheaper price than at a retail store. Uh, can't hurt to help or can't hurt to uh, to try and, and call them and, and see what they'll say. Uh, if you're planning for an economic collapse, uh, if you're that type of uh, preparedness person, scope out some precious metals. Uh, one spot that I found, uh, silver and gold bull. Uh, so you check out uh, silver, silvergoldbull.ca. They usually offer uh, 10 ounce silver bars at spot pricing. So uh, a year and a bit ago, I was able to grab a 10 ounce bar at about 199 bucks for a, for a bar. Then you've got it. Uh, if you're a computer nerd such as myself, if you want to look at cryptocurrency as a thing, have at it, but just be prepared that what you put in could disappear tomorrow. Um, but something to look at anyways. Um, so it's kind of a, a couple of the quick uh, tips and tricks that I had and a couple of uh, things that I planned out. Well, of course, the good news is if you invest in the cryptocurrency, you might end up being able to finance all your prepping, depending on which <laughs> <Yeah>. way it goes. <laughs> it, it really depends. Yeah, it could disappear or it could quadruple. Well, because yeah. didn't Bitcoin go up to like from, you know, it started off with almost being worthless to almost yeah. being like what thousands and thousands of bucks per Bitcoin and then it's right back down again. And That's why yeah, some I, people are digging through garbage dumps right now trying to find their old hard drives that contain their old wallets because they mm -hmm. threw them out thinking it wasn't worth anything and now it's worth a lot. I, uh, I had bought them at $8.74 um, <laughs> and I sold, I sold at $1,400. Um, and I thought that that was the ultimate ceiling and <laughs> lo and behold, <laughs> it oh, wasn't, yeah. but, uh, I know some other people who had a wallet on a phone, forgot the password for the phone. And after 10, oh. 
wrong password entries the phone wipes itself wipes itself oh, and man. i think i think he was like i think he was like there was 50 or 60 bit bitcoins Ooh. on there and at the time mm. it wasn't it wasn't significant but it's like but that, that's like 300 grand for when, when yeah. it hit its ceiling yep. right so Brutal. yep a three hundred thousand dollar blackberry that never was <laughs> so <laughs> oh that would hurt yeah Conti- and it continued to hurt for a while i think the yeah. only thing that could make that worse is if it at least with the blackberry you know it's gone if it was like an iPhone, he would just be locked out for like a hundred something <laughs> stupid years. So yeah. it's still there. Yeah. Just yeah. can't get into it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, as for myself, I did want to drone on with the, uh, every single item I put on here, but I did attach a link to the show notes. Uh, people are, f- can feel free to download the entire budget, budgeted items I made up. I came in at $499. So I just under the line. So I wasn't going with any particular situation. I uh, went for a goal of one month with uh, some very basic, bland, you know, dietary fatigue style food. Um, but you'll live, and um, enough for one person, anyways. And I'm assuming you're in a small house or apartment. He didn't really specify if he had a wood stove, so that kind of opens that question of whether or not you can be able to cook, or whether you can be able to keep warm, or whatever. And I at first I thought about buying a uh, extreme cold weather parka from uh, the surplus store, but I thought, well, every Canadian probably has climate specific clothing for where he lives. So that's not really much of a point in budgeting for that. Um, but I also assume they had a Costco membership, which not everybody does, but a lot of people do, I think. And then, so yeah. as long as they got don't, that, your friend will have one, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, there's actually a, a trick. If you want to shop with Costco for free, if you go into the store and buy a gift card, you don't have to have a membership to buy a gift card. And then you don't need a membership to spend the gift card. Oh, well, there you go. So it's not the easiest way to do it if you want, but if you want to get around paying the $50 or $60 membership, you can say, I'm just buying a gift card for my friend, no membership required, and you don't need a membership to spend a gift card either. So nice. But the smallest, the smallest, um, hundred bucks denomination you could buy is, yeah, it was, it was a hundred bucks. I've never gotten out of Costco without like a $300 bill. So, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. yeah. And it's the rule of Costco too. If you, if you see it that's there, grab it because it might not be next time. But. Yep. Well, and I, I mean, I, my Costco membership, we went up to the executive level because it, it, you, you're guaranteed to get that money back. It's essentially free. And then everything on top of whatever you buy, like you end up with cash back, which um, just goes to more preps at the end of the year. So mm-hmm. leverage, yeah. leverage their, uh, leverage their, their loyalty base. Yeah. Uh, as far as everything else goes, it's so hard when you know such a general uh, budget that we're dealing with here, but. I'm assuming that you know you're not trying to bug out into the bush with a $500 budget because it's probably not going to happen, or survive the zombie apocalypse or anything else. So I'm assuming that you have access to a regular kitchen with you know knives in it and you know can openers and everything else. I didn't want to put that into my budget at all. Uh, maybe you'll have power, maybe you won't. But if I uh, on the food items I had like rice and oatmeal, which both of them can be cooked without heat if you just leave them sitting in water overnight. Um, um, I think my wife used to call it cold oats or something like that. That's where they used to, um, or overnight oats. I think that's what it was, where they used to do that. Just leave it in the pot overnight in the fridge and the next morning it's, it's ready to go. So, uh, yeah, and I'm assuming that you're going to have condiments in your fridge and spices and barbecue, like a barbecue outside that maybe you can heat stuff up with, like um, blankets. I wasn't going to spend money on that with my, uh, with my thing. But also, again, a lot of new preppers don't have a, a firearms license called a PAL up here in Canada. So, um yeah, I'm assuming that didn't come into play at all because, you know, as soon as you start talking even a, a single-shot shotgun or anything else, you're going to be <laughs> well over the budget, too. So, um, anyways, if, if anybody wants to, they can check out the link to the document. And, um, yeah, it's it covers a little bit of everything, like food, first aid, a little bit of gear, 
uh, to deal with some basic emergencies like power outages, uh, a couple jerry cans like we've harped on many times, and everything else. So that's all I had. That's awesome. Um, I think for me, I'm just going to speak by personal experience. So when I got into prepping, um, I got the bug from watching a show, Doomsday Prepper. I think that's how a lot of people kind of get into it. And then you kind of realize, you know, maybe I should be preparing for stuff. So I think what I did is I looked at, you know, how long can I sustain myself off what I have in my house now? And this was before I got into prepping. I said, I probably have two, maybe three weeks worth of food if I really stretched everything out. Um, so I looked at everything at that point and I said, I need first aid, I need water, I need food, I need heat, I need light um, and all these things and then kind of broke it down and said you know what the most important thing is water and then food so just um, like Eric and Ian have already mentioned um, throwing in an extra $20 worth of um, shelf stable foods like pastas and rices and canned goods and all that kind of stuff um, into your grocery every week um, that gets you a long way to start building up that pantry. Um, Eric made a really good point about the Costco water. One of the things that I did was buying the 5 gallon or 18 liter jugs and off a site like, like Amazon or some other sites have them as well. You can buy a pump that goes into the top of the bottle. So you don't have to have a two or $300 water dispenser. You can just have a hand pump. Um, and then it's basically a lot of bulk water for a really cheap price because you get the $10 back for the bottle. You're really paying like four or five bucks for uh, five gallon gallons of water. So that's your water that's, that's uh, covered. Um, a lot of ways to light a fire, getting some candles for light, um, buy your batteries. Like Costco's a great place. Um, Amazon's a great place. Uh, for disposable or rechargeable uh, batteries. Um, $500, I mean, you'll burn it quickly, but you can quickly also go from having three weeks of storage on hand, um, sorry, three weeks of food storage on hand to like two months or three months of food storage on hand. Now, you're not going to eat the best. It's not going to be, you know, a feast every meal, but it's going to be enough to sustain yourself. And I think the most important thing I, I, I found is that at the beginning, I was buying foods that I wouldn't regularly eat, and especially with three young children, foods that they wouldn't eat. So I can't um, expect them, especially in a time of emergency, to eat foods that they don't regularly eat. They're going to be looking for comfort foods. They're going to be looking for something that they're used to eating. Um, so I really had to force myself to come, to come back and say, only stock up on things that I know the kids are going to eat. If not, I may as well not be buying this stuff because they're not going to eat it. And if it's a stressful situation because there's a pandemic or the routine is broken, it's just not, not going to help. Um, so to me, it's just looking at what you have on hand, estimating how long you have based on what you've got, and then starting to stretch that, that out from two weeks to four weeks, from four weeks to two months, um, I guess would be my, my best advice. And it's it's a really good point. You you can you can buy all the freeze dried, you know, mountain house meals you want, but nobody, not everybody's going to like those. You can't live on those forever. Um, and don't for, don't be afraid to put some you know put some treats like some candies and chocolate bars and whatever that your family likes because they're gonna you're gonna want to keep life as as normal as possible. That right. Not and that's. That's something that I read too is that, and something I never thought about was, you know, bug out bags for the kids. Um, and, you know, I don't expect the kids to carry a 60 pound rucksack full of food and weapons and all that kind of stuff, right? But 
um, comfort items. Like uh, my children are one, three, and six. So they're going to want books. They're going to want toys. They're going to want plush animals. They're going to want iPads as long as the batteries last. Um, you know, if you're, you're in a shit hit, the, sorry, I can't say that. If you're in a SHTF situation, um, you know, the last thing I need is three kids at me because they're bored or, you know, like they're not going to understand, right? So mm-hmm. to me, a bug out bag for kids is something that they can have comfort items. They can have treats. They can have things that they're going to leave me alone so I can focus on adult things. I guess so and that's the thing just don't put you know canned beans and and pasta you know like um, Alan said um, put put some treats in there right put put some chocolate in there a lot of stuff is shelf stable it'll last for like two or three years um, and you can rotate it through your preps as well the freshest the freshest packaged food that you're getting in the grocery store is already a year old before you get it so it'll it'll last it's fine um and that's that's great, and and it it cover, it's, it's again we kind of sound like a broken record in this episode because we're right. we're all kind of on the same page. Um, I did bother to go through and put everything uh, put everything down. Um, I went through kind of the hierarchy of uh, the hierarchy of life, so we can go based on the rule of three. So you can go three minutes without air, three hours without shelter, three days without water, three weeks without food. Um, so the way I broke it down um, for air, I mean obviously. <laughs> it's it's going to exist or it's not, and if if yeah. you don't if you don't have a uh, uh, we're not going to talk gas masks or n ninety four or you know air contaminants or SCBAs or anything because that's way beyond what we need to get started. Um, but make sure that you have a CO detector. Uh, I found one on I found most of these on Home Depot, and I just put retail prices on everything um, from Home Depot or Canadian Tire or even Rapid Survival, and um, that will get you uh, that'll get you. Um, closer to um, closer to ready, and then my screen just jumped, and I lost everything that I had on here. Uh oh. Um, what you did? Somebody did something. Oh, that was me. I think I added some stuff, and it would probably jump. Yeah, and now everything's gone. <laughs> oh. There it is. Okay, <laughs> it should still be there. I'm back. All right. Uh, um. We all share the same screen, and, and it all disappears. So for shelter, uh, I'm assuming that we're that we're in a, a single family home. It's detached. It's you know either urban or suburban, but not rural. Um, so something you know a, a realistic emergency. You know, winter storm blows down a tree that kills your power and knocks a hole in the side of the roof. Um, much like Ian, I didn't uh, um, didn't get too in depth into the the you know the basics of life because you've already got a you've already got a barbecue or a fire pit or something but uh, if you've got a hole in your roof and you need to make your you need to keep one area warm I put in a couple of tarps uh, I put some 10 by 15 foot tarps they're they're white in color just because um, I remember this from from the the guy that ran my hunting course he had a, a tarp shelter that he took with him and he said that he he had um, darker colored tarps um, in his original shelter, and after a couple of days, everybody was miserable. And he figured that it had something to do with the fact that everything was dark inside. So with white tarps, uh, everybody was happier, and it felt better. Um, to help seal, um, help seal those, seal your room off. I put in three rolls of tuck tape. Um, Princess Auto has a little breakdown wood stove. Um, I'm assuming that you have a source of wood for that. 
Um, and that's about $68. And most Princess Auto stock those. I, I did a little bit of little bit of looking today. Or Harbor Freight in US. Or Harbor Freight if you're if you're stateside. Yep. Yeah. Harbor Freight's awesome. They've gotten like everything for dirt cheap. <laughs> yep. That's <laughs> that, Harbor Freight and Princess yeah. Auto are basically the basically the same thing in my experience. Um, just like Hughes said, um, the five gallon jugs and a pump. Uh, to run those, uh, we'll run you about 20, 25 bucks. Um, backup for Aquatabs, which you can get at rapidsurvival.com for about $11. Uh, those will purify water. Um, for food, I did, I ran um, a you know, 20 pound bag of rice, um, 10 cans of tuna, two packs of oatmeal, um, a ton of protein powder, basic condiments, and some canned vegetables. And all that together runs about 150 bucks right it doesn't cost it doesn't cost much that'll sustain life for a few weeks um, depending on the size of your family it won't be glamorous but it will keep you alive because um, because we've, we're talking about uh, we're talking about um, virus transmission we've talked about this before uh, for sanitation um, I put in a package of baby wipes that will help keep you clean and disinfected uh, three big bottles of hand sanitizer um, a bucket disposal system um, there are a hundred YouTube videos about that but it's essentially a five gallon bucket of pool noodle and some garbage bags that will give you a way to uh, um, keep your keep your area clean and free of uh, maggots and gross stuff and that whole package will run you about sixty dollars yeah, about sixty dollars. Um, I found a battery-powered radio for about thirteen bucks. Um, you can get most most times if you go to Canadian Tire near the near the uh, checkout, you'll find multi packs of LED flashlights with batteries for about ten bucks. Um, get some candles, uh, batteries, tools, uh, just some basic tools. I just put in a mis miscellaneous budget because that's what I had left at the end as I was doing my math. About twenty-five bucks to get. You know, a hatchet, a hammer, whatever you need. Um, that's all retail pricing. If you look for sales, if you go to Costco, if you go to Amazon, you can probably cut that cost in half really readily. Um, the point of the exercise is mostly that you've got you've got options, uh, and we set it above. Like, you got to do your risk assessment. What is your what is your highest priority? What are your big risks, and what what do you need to focus on first? Um, most people can live for a week with what they've got, but not if it's you know not if you're uh, if you've got snow blown into your side the side of your house. Mm -hmm. That's my list. I, I think too it's important to understand that you know we're we're saying you know have two months of food on hand and you know um, I've got quite a bit of food on hand and that's um, understanding that I'm not going to leave my house or I'm not going to have any replenishments for two months. Yeah. Um, that's a I'm not saying that's a far fetched scenario where I live, but it it kind of is right. Um, if I'm in that scenario where um, you know, there, I, I can't get anything. I'm going to switch from, you know, being a dad and living my life and going to work and all that kind of stuff to survival mode 100%, which means that I will be scrounging and going anywhere I can to get food to replenish mm -hmm. this. I'm not going to wait for, um, I'm not going to wait and watch my supplies um, basically diminish until I don't have anything. I'm going to be in 100% gathering right. mode. I mean, if I if I hear that there's a corner store that has a bunch of stuff in it, I will go and, and buy buy the place out, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, so yep. you just have to think about that as well, that it's not like, you know what, like stuff's not going well and then the, the food that I have on hand is I've got three months and then I'm dead, right? So. Well, well that's same thing with hunting too, that'll offset your food uh, expenditures. It'll, you know, stretch out what you have, add mm -hmm. some variety, everything else too. 
I mean, uh, yeah, you brought up a good point, Alan, with the uh, hand sanitizer, baby wipes, everything else. I mean, I had rubber gloves uh, with bleach and uh, linked to Hughes' video on how to make your bleach from Pool Shock. So I instead of buying bleach, I bought Pool Shock to get you know way more bleach out of the deal um, with a limited budget. But yeah, it's, there's so many aspects to cover; it's kind of hard to cover it all off. Yep, yeah, and that's you know, and it's yeah. I mean, again, we've got we've got a million variables and we don't have a, an entire scenario and we're, we're not talking about using 500 bucks and that's all you've got. This is, you know, this is where, where a good place to start. Um, and so again, you know, every one of us is going to approach this a little bit differently and, and there's a lot of ideas, um, all of which is pretty cool. Um, but it's a, it's, it's a, it's a good think kind of a good think tank of, of how to, uh, how to get started. Well, also don't discount free stuff, right? Uh, I put it on my list as well. So, I mean, like, you could spend hours on YouTube just learning various skill sets, cheap uh, <clears> but <throat> time intensive, of course. But hey, if you're in self isolation for 14 days due to the coronavirus, you got the time. So, mm-hmm. uh, everything from uh, Sawyer water filter hacks, you can, like, all the different things you can do with a Sawyer water filter. There's like 20 videos on that. Uh, Pool Shock into Bleach with HFX Prepper, I think, uh, put that link in my uh, notes as well. Um, same thing, you download a bunch of books. I mean, you can download thousands of free books in PDF or EPUB format that you can read via your devices or ahead uh, of time or print off if you want. And you uh, might have a lot of time to read that stuff if something Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, yep. it's all free to do. So, I mean, yeah. uh, and then outside of your budget down the road long term, of course, there's always like, you know, take a first aid course, take a PAL course to get your uh, firearms license, everything else, because, yeah, no knowledge is wasted, right? So, um, outside the budget, there's lots of stuff to do as well. I think, too, the underlying theme I'm hearing from all the panelists is that um, if you look at covering your bases, most people have the bases covered. It's just for how long do I have them covered for. So where do I need to take that $500 and really step up my game? Some people I know, you open up their their fridge, they have four items in there. Mm -hmm. They're probably going to go first unless they can really step up that game. Um, So you really have to look at, you know, do I have the bases covered and for how long? And then at that point, you know, if I only have four days of food on hand, I may want to step that up. Um, and, and that's kind of what I'm hearing from everyone, right? Hey, yeah, on. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for me, um, kind of assuming the same thing, uh, you've probably living in your own house or apartment, you've got the basic stuff you need. Um, so I'm kind of listing off some items that, that are going to come in handy for some of your more common day-to-day emergencies, like car breakdowns, power outages, uh, natural disasters. Um, I actually used Walmart, uh, walmart.com. So I've got a link in the show notes here to my list. Um, so that, so his list is at $500 is like eight fifty Canadian. <laughs> I was just going to say, <laughs> yeah, I guess we can clarify that. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. Um, it surprisingly still doesn't go as far as you would think. Uh, the first three items I've got on my list are kind of EDC or everyday carry related. Um, I've got the Streamlight Stylus Pro. It's an LED pen light. I carry that every day, and it's awesome. That comes in at $20.50. The next item I've got is a SOG. Uh, It's a folding knife. Um, Any variation of a folding pocket knife is a great thing to carry. That comes in at $26.68. And then I've got a 7-count of Bic Classic Lighters for $6.47. So those are three items that I always have on me uh, regardless. Uh, next item I've got is a 800 amp lithium ion jump starter, and it's also got USB ports for charging phones uh, or any other electronic devices. Uh, it's a little spendy, $80, but I tell you, if you uh, if your car does not start on you, um, you're going to be glad you spent that $80 and you're able to just jump start it yourself. 
Um, jumper cables are a good budget-friendly option um, to kind of satisfy this area as well. But uh, then you're reliant on somebody else being there to jumpstart your car for you. Um, the battery pack's nice because you don't need anybody else there, and you can also charge other devices. Yeah, um, that's a really good point. And unless you happen to have two two vehicles, and hopefully you wouldn't have two dead vehicles all at the same time. But Exactly, yep. And uh, after that, uh, the next four I've got are um, kind of assuming that you're living in a colder weather climate, and they all have to do with propane. Um, so the first one I've got is a, a 15,000 BTU tank top uh, heater. This is a Dynaglow, but like the, the Mr. Buddy heaters are the same principle. They run about 40 bucks. Uh, I've also got a Coleman portable propane, it's like kind of your classic camp stove with two burners. I've got a 20-pound propane cylinder. Uh, sorry, the, the Coleman propane stove is $42.88, and then the propane tank is about 40 bucks as well. And then I've also got a... Uh, adapter to fill the smaller one pound tanks off of your 20 pound tank and then a, an adapter line to uh, run your Coleman stove off a larger tank as well and that is $14. A um, couple of good items for power outages. I had a hundred pack of tea light candles for $14.50 and a uh, six piece flashlight headlamp and uh, lantern and pen, pen light combo, so it's uh, kind of a flashlight pack, and it comes with batteries, and that's only ten dollars. Um, also got a Sawyer Mini water filter; that's twenty bucks, so that's going to allow you to um, basically filter any any source of water really that you can get your hands on. Uh, also got a sixty-two piece first aid kit. This is uh, kind of a cheapie, but if you don't have anything, it's better than nothing. It, it actually comes with a triangular bandage and you know, a good bit of gauze and kind of covers the basic stuff for 15 bucks, so not bad. And then uh, finally, I got a 48-pack of AAA batteries, so that's going to power all of the flashlights that I kind of listed off already. And then uh, that being said, you've got about 150 left for food and water. Um, so the next thing I did was kind of set aside $100 for food, and um, I've got in the, in the list here a 30-day food supply from Augustine Farms. This is going to be freeze-dried. Um, this is probably your best bet if your your initial plan in, in an SHTF scenario is to bug out because then you can just grab this and you've got 30 days of food right there. Uh, you're going to have a harder time carrying 30 days of canned goods, uh, food out the door if you need to leave the house. Um, but that being said, if your plan is to bug in, then I would take that $100 and spend it on canned food or, or other kind of you know intermediate-term storage foods like we've talked about already. And then uh, with the last 35 bucks I had, uh, I've got 14 cases of bottled water, so that's going to give about 45 gallons of water. And again, that'd be enough for about 30 days uh, to live on. So and that rings in at uh, 498.89. So the funny nice. thing is, is that it's amazing how different the prices can be. Like, so the for the Sawyer water filter, you guys are paying 20, we're paying 30 at least. Mm-hmm. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and surprisingly, you can actually buy those right in the store. Some of these items are online order only, but a good majority of them are stocked right in the store. Oh, yeah, we bought our uh, our, our Sawyers right at the Walmart in just across the border uh, mm-hmm. from Vancouver. So, um, yep. They've got a surprisingly good good array right at Walmart of camping supplies, um, and their, their Ozark Trail is kind of their, I guess, but budget-friendly option, and, and the, most of their stuff that I've used is actually surprisingly well. And I guess if you're an avid bushcrafter, you're camping every weekend, that's probably not what you're going to be spending your money on, but for camping a couple times a year, it seems to hold up pretty well. So, 
Yeah. Well, and it's certainly you know it's going to do the job, right? And that's that's again we're we're looking at a starting point, right? Yeah, not, mm-hmm. uh, not the ultimate. You're not taking five hundred bucks and bugging out with it because uh, I think we've all kind of mentioned that that is not uh, that's not going to happen. <clears throat> Yeah, exactly. And I had kind of a final note when it comes to bags, you know, your bug out bags and get home bags. That's that's where a lot of people start. And it's easy to spend $500 or, or even way in excess of that on just one of those bags. Uh, when it comes to that, I'd say just start with what you have laying around already. Um, grab a, you know, a backpack or you can get a cheap backpack for next to nothing. Throw in an extra pair of clothes, extra hat and gloves, you know, a couple of granola bars or some trail mix bottle of water too, uh, maybe a few band-aids, any prescriptions you've got, and you're already off to a pretty good start just having that in your car with you or having that ready to grab and go. Um, you don't need to spend 500 or or $1,000 on a bug-out bag to be a lot more prepared than you could be. So start with that. It's, it's certainly a great start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was all I had. So I maybe approached the problem a little bit differently because I figured Buddy's got uh, – Two course of action. He's he wants to, he's got his five hundred dollars from the tax man he wants to spend, or he's super afraid of the kung flu. So fair enough. Being being super afraid of the kung flu. Um, first thing is just assessment. What do you have? What do you need? Then a matter of solving that problem, prioritize and execute. So do your do your swoped. What are your strengths? Well, you don't currently have the kung flu, but you do have five hundred dollars. <laughs> so far, you're up. Right. Uh, weaknesses. Yeah, could, could you you don't have anything. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, you... sorry. SWOT is um, yeah. a standard business practice. They use it in a lot of industries. Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats assessments. There you go. So find your, find your four things, put the things in the categories, and then prioritize and execute based on that. Try and make it as simple as possible. Um, so your weakness that you've identified... You don't have anything prepared, which is probably a lie. You probably have something in your house. Like, you probably have a refrigerator full of food, although, you know, maybe it's ketchup and mustard, although technically it's still calories. A lot of uh, things are technically calories, right? <laughs> right. Well, and that's the thing. is like, you probably don't have nothing. So you've yes. decided you're going to you're gonna do something about this, but you you're not starting from literally nothing. Uh, your opportunity right now, the Kung Flu hasn't disrupted the supply chain, so you can go and buy stuff while the stores still have it. Go and take advantage, and then stock up on things that aren't going to go bad, which everybody's already said that. I think everybody on the panel's talked about shelf-stable foods and things that are going to last. And then, of course, your, your threat in this case is the virus, and then possible shutdowns of things, services due to the virus. So, like, your just-in-time inventory system. Your grocery store will be empty in a day or two without a truck coming to refill it. So, you know, pitter patter. Yeah, uh, like I mean, well, the Costco the other day when we were—I guess we were there about a week and a half ago—was the last time we went, and uh, they still had like a big pile of surgical gloves and, you know, actually useful stuff. But it's probably gone soon thereafter. I mean, it'd be cleared out fairly quickly, I would think, right? Yeah, and until they get the next truck in, like if there's not a truck today, there's no gloves today. There's not gloves until the truck comes. If there's no manufacturing. If nothing's being exported out of China, like you kind of SOL, it's too late now. So after that, it's just deal with Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You're probably not getting past security. So physical stuff you got to deal with, water, food, sanitation, first aid, fuel. Again, the assumption being that you have a place that you already live. You're not a homeless person that has 
literally nothing, because even then, like, if you're a homeless person, you probably have somewhere that you sleep that's probably reasonably warm and dry. Probably not, like, you know, um, the Ritz-Carlton, like, five-star hotel, but, you, you know, you're probably not living in a swamp, right? You're going to be warm and dry in something. So deal with water. Two weeks of water is going to cost you less than a hundred bucks. Um, I have a different opinion than other people on the panel, though. Go buy the four liter containers or uh, one gallon for our American friends. Your elderly parent and small child can lift this. They cannot lift the 15 liter container. Good point. That's a good go, point. Go, Fair. Yeah. Right? It'll It'll stack stack nice, though. They don't stack as nice, but the four liter ones here are kind of cuboidal-ish. Okay. They stack okay. That helps. Don't buy the round ones. Ours are sort of like blocky rectangle things with a one tapered end where the spout is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stack those. Um, four liters of water per person per day or one gallon for our American friends. So at a buck and a half for a four liter container. Two weeks of water for a family of uh, of is that four? Yeah, it would be a hundred bucks. Uh, go and buy food. Spend a hundred bucks. It's another grocery bill. I mean, average grocery bill for you know your North American family is a hundred bucks a week, give or take. Go rice, beans, canned fruit, canned veggies, stuff that's shelf stable, stuff that's not going to go bad, stuff preferably that you're going to eat someday. Maybe it's not. Don't the buy. Thing that don't you buy eat canned lima beans. Well, unless you like canned lima beans. Who likes canned lima beans? What kind of communists I, do we have around here? I mean, I prefer the canned white beans, but they're really not that different. The white beans are just higher in fiber and have more potassium. But, I mean, neither here nor there. Go buy stuff you're going to eat anyway and buy stuff that you like. But also spend some time in the military and anything in a can. It's fair game, man. It's- <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, just put Tabasco sauce on it, right? Yeah, just put some Mrs. Dash on it, and you're good to go. Like, it's good. It's perfectly yeah. fine. Which, uh, yeah, so- which, in all seriousness, does bring up a good point about condiments, right? You're you're not going to be eating glamorously, but you can make it taste good with a variety of condiments, which are cheap. They don't go bad, and they make life worth living for a little while. Yeah, so living in the field with, with the military, we, I mean, I carried salt, pepper, Mrs. Dash, and Tabasco sauce, and this all fit within my canteen cup, and it made every single meal a very pleasurable experience. Mm-hmm. Um, if you forget that stuff, just, I mean, you just may as well just shoot yourself. It's just, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty miserable. Yeah. <laughs> Although a bit of a yeah, life hack, if, if, you, if you plug your nose while you eat food, your taste buds actually are less effective, so... You can kind of stomach a lot of stuff. Get past. Um, the, the big thing that I'm thinking that uh, Buddy's probably missing as a new prepper is his sanitation stuff because he's used to having running water and being able to go to the store when he runs out of soft soap. Yeah. So I One thing I found um, as, as a hack is um, Costco, they sell the baby wipes, um, these gigantic boxes when you get like nine nine big bags in them um, and they often go on sale where you can buy like two boxes for like 40 some bucks or something that literally gives you like 6,000 wipes for 40 bucks yep. and I've got an excuse it's- that I got three kids so I can stock up on it without looking crazy but yeah that's, that's what I do <laughs> I look crazy no matter what but I'm still going to buy a couple of them because right. they are absolutely the best buy out there mm-hmm. uh, yeah. my kids are well past those times but that was yeah when we saw those we when my kids were little, we'd buy like four cases of them and throw them in the basement because it's it's wipes and they're sealed. They can't go bad. Yeah. And the worst case is they, you know, the very last one dries out, but it never did because you go through them faster than you expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as you, as you get older, they'll become useful to you again. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, even even now, right? Like we're you know we're going on a road trip or we're going camping. Those those wipes make you know it makes it makes. I won't say it makes life worth living, but it certainly uh, makes life more comfortable. When at the end of the day, and you're mm-hmm. before you climb into your tent, you can wipe off all the sunscreen and the grit and grime from your day. And you know, a full sized adult needs three or four of those to do that. So I need about twelve. I'm a much larger than full sized <laughs> adult, but right, but but they're going to get used and they're useful in in everyday life as well as when things go terribly terribly awry. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's true for most of the stuff that I'm lumping under the sanitation category. Mm-hmm. It's all stuff that you're probably going to have and probably going to go through, but your average person is probably not going through it in a week or two, which is sort of the the time frame that I'm aiming for, like two weeks of water, a week or two worth of shelf-stable food, mm-hmm. a week's worth of sanitation stuff. But the assumption is you probably don't have a whole pile, like a whole spare box of contractor-grade garbage bags. You probably don't have a whole thing of extra bleach because how much bleach do you really go through? Like, who who actually washes their clothes with bleach anymore? Right, right? under normal so conditions. Yeah, yeah. So, all of that kind of stuff. How much soap do you have on hand? How much disinfectant? How much uh, like cleaning type vinegar? How much toilet paper do you have? All Never the stuff know. that you well, you can't, you can't have too many toilet papers, <laughs> but that's all the kind of stuff that I would think that would be. The store shut down. You're you're at home. You can't go out. Whatever that reason is, you're stuck there for a week. What do you have that you're going to run out of in that week? And go and buy one extra of everything, and then you'll get a hundred bucks there pretty quick. Um, yep. First aid stuff. You probably, if you're brand new to this, probably have nothing. Go and buy the basic Wemis or OSHA kit. Um, refer to your uh, uh, your provincial workplace regulation size kit, and just go and get an equivalent for your home. So in Ontario, I think um, on Ontario, uh, a workplace with five people is like a Schedule Eight kit or something, and they're like forty bucks. Yes. You, you can get them there, for yeah. you can get them for as low as about fifteen if you look if you look uh, look hard enough. The caveat to that, I don't know about other provinces, but in Ontario, um, a workplace first aid kit is required to have a specific number of safety pins and a specific number of band aids, but absolutely no medical gloves. So. Uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna do the workplace the workplace route, make sure that gloves are included with it. Well, the workplace yeah. well, kit is saying like as a. Yep. Oh, sorry, the uh, workplace kit is higher quality stuff. But the one at Costco that I put on my list there, it's uh, it's kind of like a little bit of everything, but it's all cheap stuff. But at least it includes a few gloves and everything else. But uh, I definitely say the workplace kit, like Andrew mentioned, is a higher quality item. Yeah, and I'm not I, again. I think gloves might fall under sanitation because I mean, like we just have boxes of nitrile gloves for like stuff around the house that I don't want to touch. Yep. Yep. Not necessarily medical gloves. I mean, I have I have really nice gloves that I like to use when I'm doing medical stuff. Go and buy bear claw gloves from uh, Ragnarok Tactical. Uh, the North American Rescue Bear Claw Gloves are awesome, but they're also like a buck pair. The nitrile gloves that I buy from Princess Auto are like a buck for like 20 pairs. <laughs> yep. And so, and they do, they do have a habit of ripping, I, I learned oh, yeah. really mm-hmm. recently. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, there are a couple of pennies you throw them out, and it keeps me from getting gun solvent all over myself when I'm cleaning. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, your your basic boo boo kit's probably not going to do you, but it's going to be better than nothing. It's going to get you started on uh, sterile or non sterile gauze, your bandages, triangular bandage, all the like all the basics, and then you're going to have to add to that. You're going to have to add gloves. You're going to have to look at a trauma kit. You're probably like you're starting to spend some serious money when you start getting into that. But if you don't have 
you know, a basic first aid kit, like the basic vehicle first aid kit or like a basic women's compliant first aid kit, go and spend the 40 bucks and get started because you're, again, we're assuming you're starting from close to nothing. Uh, and then I think everybody's already pounded this to death. Go and spend money on fuel. Whatever your vehicle uses, unless it's electricity. I don't want your hippie nonsense mobile going anywhere. Leave that in your garage. <laughs> go, and, go and fill up your, your jerry cans full of diesel fuel and help help warm the climate so that we don't get snowed in. Or uh, go and top up the propane tanks or what have you. Right? Cause like, mm-hmm. Again, the assumption is you you probably have a barbecue. Most like Not everybody has one, but a lot of people have one. If you have one, go buy a spare tank and mm-hmm. you can cook. If you have a camping stove, great. Go buy more propane. If you don't have these things, consider buying them and then learning how to barbecue, because again, you should be warming the environment just like your diesel truck. And actually, I, I think one thing we haven't talked about is, is keeping cash on hand, because um, I mean, I've seen in even a relatively small emergency where the power is out, um, if debit machines don't work uh, or credit card machines at stores, you're not going to be walking out of there with anything, at least not in a civil society still, right? right. Um, maybe take that $500 and keep it in your house. And then if, if something yeah. happens, um, you've got $500 to purchase stuff, um, at least if it's not in, in a real emergency type, right? But I think it's important to ensure that you have cash on hand. doesn't matter if you have 10,000 bucks in the bank. If you can't get that money out for exchange of goods and services, that mm-hmm. money is not going to be any use, right? And um, keep it in smaller denominations as well. Don't keep just five $100 bills. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And, oh, the problem yeah. too, though, is if they link their cash register to their inventory and the power goes out, they won't sell you anything either. Like uh, mm-hmm. yeah. even Tim Hortons will not sell anything with the power out. So they, yeah. So I mean, cash is good. I, I totally agree. But some some stores just won't take it. Some places stores right. take it. Mm-hmm. Most uh, most in a bad lows. situation. Do you really want their coffee though? No, I mean I, I try not to go there anyways, but my daughter does work there. So. Most yeah, most enough. Lowe's in Canada have um, have a, a generator backup system specifically so that they can do that. Um, they might not be able to do electronic transactions, but they can at least manage their inventory and take cash for sales. That's good uh, to know, actually. It's, yeah. It was it was one of the one of the things when I when I worked there that was they were really proud of the fact that they could be open in in a, in a natural disaster scenario so that they could. So, quote, help out the community by making money when other people couldn't make money. Both parties win, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's but all all the all the inventory is managed internally. So as long as so even if they don't have communication, if they have power, they can sell. Right. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I did was come up with creative ways for somebody that's new to this to spend that five hundred dollars in more of a one fell swoop kind of a thing. Go and install rainwater collection. That'll probably not run you your 500 bucks but you'll you'd be able to get some really big rain barrels for that kind of money mm-hmm. absolutely yeah go build a garden that depending on the size of the garden is really easy to exceed 500 dollars really quickly mm-hmm. buy a generator again yep. super easy to exceed 500 dollars. but you can go get a little honda inverter i think they're like 300 watt or 400 watt generator and that'll be like right around 500 bucks mm-hmm. you can also yeah. find if you if you watch for sales you can find like a, a 3500 watt generator for 350. Go and build a chicken coop and buy some chickens. And listen to last week's episode before you do that. Go and listen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, like, it's a good time to invest in chickens. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's funny Uh, because our our egg sales went through the roof the last two weeks. (laughs) Hey, Hey, look at that. Um, Go and buy yourself a new firearm. 500 bucks won't get you a super duper awesome service rifle. It'll buy you a barrel for a service rifle, but it will buy you 
uh, a Savage Mark II, and you can get into the Canadian Rimfire Precision Series matches. Uh, those have a $500 limit on the rifle and a $500 limit on the optic if you're going to shoot in production class. So for a thousand bucks, you could be maxed out of production class and be having a pretty sweet little twenty-two. My uh, my uh, Mossberg was four fifty when I bought it. I, yeah, I mean, you, gauge, can, you can get yep. small rifles or basic shotguns, and you're going to be around that point. But I mean, like I, I mean more like you want to get into like some serious firearms use, start competing, get good at this stuff, take up rimfire precision. This five hundred dollar limit gets you fifty percent of a, the. The top category for a production gun. Um, if you go over five hundred bucks on either the the firearm or the optic, they push you to open, and then you have to compete against guys like me with like thousand dollar twenty ten twenty twos. You you don't want to do that. <laughs> it's a long way off. Yep. Right. Um, five hundred dollars worth of ammo, not an inconsequential amount of ammo. Yeah. Or reloading supplies, not an inconsequential amount of reloading supplies. Mm-hmm. Go to Ragnarok Tactical and buy an IFAC uh, or the supplies to. Assemble an IFAC because Health Canada says I'm not allowed to sell you an IFAC because that's technically manufacturing a medical device, which I am not licensed to do, and I will not pay the $10,000 to acquire. <laughs> but I'll sell you all the parts, and you could build a couple of badass first aid kits for uh, for 500 bucks. Nice. You can buy a really big first aid kit for 500 bucks. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it, it probably would have to wait till you're on sale, but go and buy yourself a Milwaukee M18 four-piece combo toolkit. Those retail for 530. You get um, a drill, an impact driver, a reciprocating saw, and a badass flashlight and two batteries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you don't have like um, cordless power tools, go buy yourself some good cordless power tools. Most pawn shops have those brand new because they've been stolen and sold, and they're usually <laughs> half price. <laughs> Perfect. You could get two sets. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have the uh, the not very sexy option, but it's like Hughes said about cash. Go and invest it in something stable. RRSPs, TFSAs, RESPs for your kid. Yeah, Now's it's a good not, time to buy stocks. Yeah. Well, it's not sexy, but it is stocks really a good time to invest. Yeah, that's no right. Kidding. Put that yeah. money towards that. What they lose? Six billion dollars or something? Oh, with a T. Yeah. Oh, six trillion dollars. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. So you know what that means. The market yeah. just opened up for guys like me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All my friends are panicking. I'm like, you know what? I was just t- going to top up my RSP, so stocks are on sale. This is perfect. <laughs> That's right. So. so, I mean, it's not it's not as cool as buying a new gun, but, I mean, investing in your future financially, right? That's yeah, good yeah, return on an easy way to spend 500 bucks. Which actually is a good time to just segue just for one second. Uh, Mohammed Omar asked us if he think it's a good time to it's the right time to get a new vehicle. Um, he was thinking of trading in and getting a crossover, trading his crossover into a truck. I don't think it's ever a good time to buy a new vehicle. Maybe one that's just off a lease and save mm-hmm. yourself. Let somebody else take the depreciation. Um, honestly, with the way the the indicators are on the economy and everything else, I would probably just hold off on increasing yep. your debt load at this point. Uh, maybe just maintain, we're at in three months. Yeah. maintain yeah. what you got. You know, like, like Alan was saying, just spend some money on car maintenance. Uh, keep what you got. Keep your, if you're, especially if you're debt free right now and you're not making car payments, stay like that. Stay there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you are, don't get your, make sure that you're into a fixed loan and not a, uh, not a variable because chances are good. Interest rates are going to go up fairly soon. Yeah, that's this true is too. not constitute financial advice. It's just oh. entertainment only. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All that all stuff. Allegedly, yes. Yeah. Allegedly, yeah. yeah. 
right. Well, <laughs> that uh, brings us into the podcast challenge. Your challenge for this week, keep an eye on local advertisements, find coupons that can help you add to your stockpile or for lower than usual cost. Look for things that are on sale. Make your list, prioritize your list, spend the least amount you can on said list. When it's on sale, stack it deep. Mm -hmm. I bought about 40, 48. I bought two flats of soup because it was on sale for half price. Lots of soup. We eat lots of soup in this house. Nothing wrong with soup. Uh, so we'll move into uh, episode closing and upcoming events. All right. So uh, we have the Podcaster Charity Shoot coming up in July 4th, uh, 2020 here, hosted by Slamfire Radio. It's going to be taking place in Balmoral, New Brunswick at the Rest of Goosh Gun Club. This year's charity of choice is the Rod Harquail Memorial Fund. There's a little link in the show notes. You can register on a practice score for the uh, charity shoot, which I think hasn't been posted yet, but it should be this week, I think. Anyway, uh, you can find uh, the link in the show notes as well to have to register on practice score. All right. We've got the uh, annual preppers meet coming up uh, second week of July. It's in uh, Desborough, Ontario. Um, so it's a good uh, good week of like-minded people out for all kinds of different seminars and talks and uh just sharing information. I believe we're going to have Che, the uh, organizer, on uh, around the end of the month uh, to talk to us about uh, the event and uh, let us know exactly what's all planned out and what's happening. But uh, it's a good uh, a good gathering and a good uh, good group of people and lots of information to be learned uh, over that weekend. So. And coming up week of May 3rd and 9th is Emergency Preparedness Week, where we celebrate all things safety nerdish. It's my favorite week of the year. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk more about that as we get closer to it. And we have uh, TACCOM Canada 2020 happening September 11th to 13th. Uh, that's the Canadian Program Podcasters Network will be in attendance at TACCOM 2020. Uh, your favorite podcasters will uh, be on hand throughout the show. Uh, so make sure you stop at a booth, meet your favorite, and pick up some swag. You can see the details in the show link, uh, the show notes as well. And if you use the show link, uh, you can give us a $1 kickback, help us uh, offset our costs for setting up the uh, show there. Yeah. Such as the internet cost, which is astronomical. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, we will move into some uh, shout-outs. Anybody else got anything uh, besides me? I think it's just you, Ian. All right. Uh, yeah, so I got one for the Traveling Prepper. So uh, he completed an old podcast challenge from, I think, last year. Uh, back when we were talking about a uh, wild game and animals and everything else, we put out a podcast challenge to uh, try and dress out your own animal of any sort, any time. And he did. So uh, we talked about it, and it was uh, a good learning experience for him. So uh, next time should be much, uh, much more, uh, I guess, much easier and much more smooth than the next uh, last time, I guess. Nice. Yeah, it's good for him. I think he's the only guy that's actually completed that podcast challenge too. Yeah, I think so. I haven't heard from anybody. Maybe some have completed it or completed it and just haven't uh, let us know. But yeah. yeah. And we'll move into uh, email and iTunes reviews. We'll start with uh, Ian again. Okay, I got one from Kevin. Uh, he just asked us to put a link to the sponsor in the show notes for Super SC Straps. Done. So, uh, yeah, you can check it out. I'll put it on the uh, YouTube video as well. Kevin might be from Super SC. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. The link's up now. Uh, so we've got uh, a couple of emails in the, the inbox since uh, last episode. We'll start out with the first one here. It says, uh, hello, gents. Uh, just a quick question about chicken eggs. Uh, I heard Ian and Tyler mention a little something about egg taste, but I don't remember them going into too much depth. 
Uh, just remembering my grandma's chickens back in the day uh, in uh, southwestern Saskatchewan. Uh, they would always get some monster grasshoppers on the farm. Uh, her birds were always free range, and I didn't think uh, I've ever had eggs better than those uh, laid during the uh, the grasshopper again. <laughs> so uh, wondering how much impact does a chicken's diet have on its eggs? As a follow-up, uh, what would be the preferred feed to get the uh, more unique tastes? Uh, thank you, and keep up the great work. And it's signed off, Boston. Well, I'd say it absolutely affects how the eggs turn out is what goes into them. Like, um, even if they're short on calcium, you get the soft shell. If you feed them garlic, it makes the eggs stink like garlic. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like eating asparagus for us, right? So, um, obviously, whatever you put in is what you're going to get out. The more variety they have in their diet, probably the, the better the eggs are going to be overall. Um, but I find just generally uh, we use organic feed for the actual eating eggs, um, and that seems to do well as well as what mm-hmm. they find on the, the property. And it makes for a nice, firm, bright-colored yolk. And uh, instead of being watery, the egg white is actually more like hair gel. So um, I'd say garbage in, garbage out. So yeah, Exactly. All- Allow them to forage as much as they can, cut in their pen or coop or whatever setup you've got, and, and just supplement with a good feed, feed, whether that's pelleted or grain or whatever you, whatever you come up with. But, yeah, egg, quality egg. in, quality out. Yeah, you can actually put uh, supplements in their water as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Makes it look like tang, and uh, <laughs> but it gives them everything else they're missing. That uh, you know, depending on where you live, like I just have moss-colored covered rocks for the most part, the occasional patch of soil and stuff. So, yeah, we just give them a little bit of supplementation to make sure they stay healthy, and yeah, the eggs turn out great. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've got a second email in the uh, inbox, and uh, it reads, uh, "Hey guys, just a short update on the meat I made a month ago. Uh, so far, it's turned out pretty awesome." I let it sit in the primary uh, fermentation for about a month and just switched it to the secondary, uh, taking out the dead yeast uh, called Lee's. Uh, I gave uh, gave some a try to see where it was going, and I actually enjoyed it. A lot of people online say uh, it wouldn't be uh, until it's aged for a few months, but uh, so far I disagree. Uh, I wish I tried more than a quarter cup. It's sitting at about 8.5% ABV. Uh, which is fairly low, but I wanted uh, this to be a sweeter, which uh, worked out great. Uh, I'll give it another month and then bottle it and start drinking. Can't wait. Uh, it says, uh, keep up the great work, and it's signed off, uh, Better Andrew. Thanks. So, if it's the Better Andrew. <laughs> yeah, I think if, it's the, if it's the Better Andrew I'm thinking of, uh, I think beverages are his thing. Is that not the case, Andrew? Uh, like, yeah, I think he. Uh, I think he might like a beverage or two. <laughs> yeah, no, I think his family's involved with beverages as well, so we'll, uh, we'll get into too much of that. But right. we appreciate the update. Uh, and then iTunes reviews. So we've got a couple of new written iTunes reviews. Uh, that's two star that I believe we talked about last episode. We do have a written uh, uh, write up in regards to it now. It just says uh, for a prepper podcast, you'd think they'd be better prepared on the audio front. Uh, your podcast challenge should be to ensure the listeners can actually pick up what you're putting down. Fair enough. That was okay. probably directed at me. <laughs> yes, admittedly, we have had uh, since episode what fifty three ish or so. We've had a few uh, audio glitches here and there, uh, but we have certainly worked on them. And uh, hopefully, you are now able to uh, pick up what we're putting down. And I'm even going to work. Maybe turn the volume up a touch. I'm even going to work on my uh, wonderful background and get rid of the sterilite. And by <laughs> next week, we should have a green screen and some some good. fancy oh, images. No. So. Uh, but, uh, and the we are actively the, trying to fix the audio. So we've got six panelists here from four different time zones, two countries, both coasts. Um, it, it's all done by internet, and most of us are rural. So it's mm-hmm. it, unfortunately, it's just going to 
it's going to remain imperfect. Um, there are we're not sitting all in a studio with pro grade equipment, and as a result, you're not listening to us drone on about products that people are paying us to review. So yep. uh, you kind of got to take the good with the bad in this case. If you would like to donate so we can have that pro grade equipment, email me. <laughs> Feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. We will happily take your money. Absolutely. Uh, we had another written uh, written review here. It says, I uh, just started listening and I'm enjoying the podcast a lot. Uh, I would love to hear a podcast about uh, trapping uh, as a possible food source during a crisis or just as a hobby. Uh, keep up the good work. And uh, we got five stars on that one. I'd like to listen to that one too because I know nothing yeah. about it. I have, as would I. know nothing about that. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, if you're a subject matter expert on trapping, we'd love to have you on the show. Actually, it's kind of funny. One of my dad's old uh, work buddies from his, uh, he used to be a uh, police officer back in the day. I think one of his, uh, his co workers that retired became a full time trapper at like age 60 and started over again, but I don't oh, think he's wow. with us anymore. But that would have been an interesting guy to have on. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll add it to the list of uh, of topics for the show and see if we can find someone that uh, knows a thing or two about it and see if we can get them on. If you're a trapper, yeah. <laughs> contact us. Yeah. Feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Uh, then, as far as iTunes reviews go, we are up to 44 five stars. We've got four four stars, two three stars, that one two star that we now have a written review for, and uh, still that one little guy at one star, keeping us honest. We'll that's good it. news i'll take it hey you know what we've got all the bases covered now so yep. good that's all of them yeah. we've, we've got the full <laughs> the full spectrum yep. i like it all right and uh with that i'll bring episode number 57 of the canadian prepper podcast to an end you can find the podcast on itunes podbean spotify or your favorite podcast app uh, please help us out take a few minutes submit a review it helps other people find us uh, you can also find us at prepperpodcast.ca and on facebook we do record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. If you want an early peek at the shows, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Canadian Prepper Podcast, and click the notifications tab. That gives you alerts when we are going live. We can also be found on our Facebook page, Canadian Prepper Podcast. You can find me directly on Instagram at PPSWO. And for myself, I can be reached at Hughes at PrepperPodcast.ca or HFXPrepper at gmail.com. And I also have my own YouTube channel. Just search HFX Prepper. And if you've got any questions or advice for me, you can email in to me at tyler at pepperpodcast.ca. I'd love your hate mail. You can send that to me at feedback at canadianpatriotpodcast.com. You can tell me about how I'm wrong or not. I really... But if you, uh, if you have listened to the things that I've said, you should get a discount when you buy stuff from me. Use the discount code PATRIOT at ragnaroktactical.ca when you check out and you'll save yourself some money. All right. Uh, you're also the host of a uh, another podcast, I believe. That's right. If you want to send your hate mail about the OGCPP, uh, we're Monday nights on YouTube, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, anywhere that fine podcasts are sold, uh, we regularly complain about the government, taxation, waste, and general abuse that we suffer as Canadians. <laughs> All right, you can reach Ian directly by emailing me at theislandretreat at gmail.com, and you can also find me on Canadian Patriot Podcast, tagging along with Andrew, also available on iTunes and YouTube. Hey, now please check out Rapid Survival at rapidsurvival.com. Uh, you can get me there in the live chat uh, while you're buying some prepper gear. Uh, you can also email me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. And, uh, thanks for joining us. You can tune in for the next episode. We're going to be discussing night vision and thermal optics.
So until next time, uh, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning. <laughs>